Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DDP Today podcast, where I show that's a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. And tonight, I am blessed by recording with two of my brothers tonight, two people that I got to see very recently, two people that I got to spend some time with in that wonderful Orlando place. No, it wasn't in Disney, but it was still a magical time. Uh, the first person I'm going to go to still has that post-anniversary glow, because he had a uh, very big anniversary that came up, and uh, he's still down in that magical Florida area. Joe, how you doing? What's up, brother? Uh, had a great weekend with my wife. Yes, eight years. Married goes very, very quickly. Uh, but it was a great weekend down at Disney's Vero Beach Resort. Had a blast. Uh, had a blast with you guys at the other uh, park up I-4. Uh, so really, it was actually an all-around great five or six days, man. Uh, seeing you guys and then kind of capping off on a nice, relaxing weekend. Uh, we love it down at Vero. It's a great time down there. And just uh, looking forward to talking a little bit about that tonight and looking forward to tonight's show. Very cool. And, uh, you know, Laura and I have a rule in our house. If you ever visit more than three times, you're no longer a guest. So this is Dan's third week on the show. So I'm not going to call him a guest this week. I'm just going to call him Dan from Away With Me Travel and from the uh, Universal Unleashed podcast. So, uh, Dan, it's a pleasure having you here. I'm, I'm glad to see you again. We got to spend some time together. Uh, uh, I think you and I, Justin's going to say that you and I are the reason that he's not here tonight because we... Um, we were rooming, obviously, for the people who don't know. We were rooming with Justin and Katie for the uh, Universal Unleashed Hollywood, uh, the uh, Halloween Horror Nights trip that we guys did. And because we were in the same room, you and I both like to keep the room very cold. And um, I wouldn't say very cold. We kept it at a great temperature of a 58 or 59 degrees. So Justin's a little under the weather tonight, and he couldn't be here. But I'm glad you're here, Dan. And how's your past couple of days been, and how was your trip back? Uh, what is going on, gentlemen? I am. Uh, I'm feeling good. I, I I feel like I'm still in recovery mode. It was uh, it was a long five days. Uh, we we definitely uh, made the most of those five days. And uh, I myself was kind of I'm not really under the weather. I just feel like my allergies were kind of acting up. But uh, as a result of the uh, the cold room and me not sounding great, uh, me, you and I have both been blamed for Justin's illness right now. So. <laughs> Uh, I felt it was necessary for me to come on to, to defend myself tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the room was very comfortable. He's going to say otherwise, yeah. and Katie says otherwise. But, you know, everyone that travel with me knows that <laughs> uh, we like the room to be subarctic, especially when you're in the yeah. uh, the Florida heat. So uh, Absolutely. It was it was, it was was a good temperature. I, I will admit there was one morning I woke up to, to, to use the restroom, and usually I'm bundled up pretty good, you know, because I like that coldness in the room, but, you know, staying under those covers. And I, I woke up. And I just like, I don't know if I put my hand on my face and boy, my face was cold. It was, <laughs> it was pretty brisk in the room that morning. Uh, but you know, it was, it was, it was still a good temperature for me. They just did not enjoy it so much. 
Yeah, well, that, that, I think that's kind of solidified the fact that Katie never wants to stay in a room with me again. So, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, I, I, so I had a great trip. I finally feel like I've dried up today. Um, I, I think it's been, it was probably the most rain that I've ever had when I was on a vacation in Florida. Uh, we were oh. literally drenched to the bone. I don't think there was an hour of the day where we weren't completely soaked. Uh, every one of my shoes, I think, is finally dried out, and my skin is finally dried out. I was pruned for days. So uh, I know you and Justin are going to talk a lot about the details of the trip um, during you know your podcast so I don't want to you know too much talk too much you know universal details and obviously we're a Disney show so I don't want to do that I do want to get your guys take on um, now both of you guys have done you know Mickey's not so scary and and you now Joe you've done the Hollywood the Hollywood the Halloween, Halloween. I can't even talk. That's how tired I am. The uh, the Halloween Horror Nights in Universal. So I kind of wanted to get your take on what were your likes and dislikes between the two, and uh, what was your comparison between the two parties besides the obvious scare factor being one of them. I, I could go first. I mean, like again, it's you know, it's it's night and day. I mean, obviously Mickey's not so scary. It's it's very family oriented, and uh, you know, it's a good time for sure. Where at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, it is it is definitely more adult. I know it doesn't mean you can't bring kids around, but you know you definitely have to bring kids that are uh, going to be more uh, more likely to enjoy that kind of that kind of uh, entertainment, so to speak. Because um, again, there, there is definitely a scare factor involved, uh, but it definitely has some some Disney tones to it, where you know you have the, all the food and the drink options that you could go to. So again, I, I enjoy both of them. Uh, you know, this one was more, I think, adult-oriented, and then even the Hollow Scream that we did over at SeaWorld, uh, I think that was even a little level above uh, U- Universal's, where it was definitely more adult-oriented. Uh, but either way, I mean, it's still a great time. Uh, it's a great time of year. Uh, like you said, the rain kind of dampened us a little bit, but uh, we still had a great time. Joe, what did you think of the uh, Halloween Horror Nights? So I'll say this. It's my first time experiencing Universal's uh, Halloween Horror Nights. And I know it's been around for a really long time. Like, was it 30 years? Some crazy amount of years it's been around. So I'm surprised it took me this... 31. So I'm surprised it took me this long to get around to uh, to experiencing it. And I'll say this. It's everything everybody said it was. It was that good. Uh, Dan hits the nail on the head. It's for teenagers and above, an adult crowd. It's not for little kids at all. Um, unless you have that very special young child who loves legitimate, like, you know, scares. Um, you guys would attest to this, and I'm sure everybody who was there uh, saw I was freaked out of my mind in a lot of the houses. Uh, <laughs> it was that good. Sets were amazing. Cast members or team members were amazing there. Um, comparing the two, just very briefly, you know, I think Disney's not so scary, uh, Mickey's not so scary, kind of celebrates Halloween, the spirit of it, the trick or treating, the kids. This is like the next level of it. Now, I didn't get to experience the SeaWorld's Hello Scream, which I know you guys from sending me photos and the stories I've heard from other people that it's even to that next level. Um, so, I mean, I, that's it might even be even too much for me. I would definitely have to go with you guys on that one. But uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I can't wait to go back again next year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to our Universal Unleashed podcast to see what Justin and Dan have to say in a full show because now that I've experienced it, because when we were experiencing it, we... I didn't get to ask Dan, like, you know, about this and that or, or just this and that. We were just having too much fun. So I really want to see what their experiences were. But, yeah, it was definitely everything that everybody says. It is a lot of fun. And if you're an adult who likes Screams, I would definitely put this on your bucket list. Cool. You know, <clears throat> one of the things that came to mind for me doing the differences was uh, Halloween Horror Nights puts a lot of production value into their 
their their whole showcase there. You know, they build these sets that aren't there year round. They're just a you know, it's a temporary structure. They they kind of revamp some of the rides, and you have the walkthroughs, and they put a lot of details and stuff. I think the Halloween house is one of the best houses that we saw there. Uh, the the studio set quality of you know walking through the Halloween movies. If you're a Halloween movie fan, you really got it. My question to you guys would be, if Mickey's Not So Scary would have built one haunted house studio set based on a Disney movie, what do you think would be the best horror movie or the best Disney movie that they could build a horror house around, so to speak? And, you know, being on the kid-friendly basis. It doesn't have to be, you know, that over-the-top screaming like Universal does. Do you have any ideas or any kind of movies come to mind off the top of your head? I know I kind of sprung this on you on what you think would be a good, uh, I don't know, movie set sort of for uh, Mickey's? That's a tough one. I would say, I would say, just the first thing that comes. I think of villains and Halloween. I think of Malef- <laughs> Maleficent. I can never say Maleficent Malef- House. Yeah, we're, we're both <laughs> struggling. Tonight, yeah, there you go. I, I don't know, man. It's just the, it's the first thing that comes to my mind is is Maleficent. So I don't know. Uh, Imagineers, I'm sure, could put their minds to it and come up with something really cool. But um, that's just the first. I think of Halloween and villains. That's what it comes to my mind. What do you got, Dan? What would you? What would your choice um, be? You know, it's tough. Like, you know, if if it's going to be kid friendly. You know, I'm thinking maybe something like uh, like Disney's Inside Out, uh, you know, something like that where you have, you know, your different, you have your anger character and stuff like that where they can experience different things throughout the house and, you know, go through different emotions, so to speak, where, you know, you know, I think I used the term Disney rude a couple, couple of weeks ago. This would be like Disney scary, you know, it's not going to be really scary, but, it, you know, it's going to it's going to bring about different emotions for you. So I think something like that would be kind of cool. So wait, wait. So Dan went with like a legitimate. Like I went with like the scary factor. I, I like a, I like an alibi in this mic. If I can, I'm if sure I can, you can have you an alibi. alibi. Of course, of course. If you're gonna have some kind, of, if it's gonna be kid friendly, I don't know, man. I'd do something with Figment. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dave would love that, but some kind of Figment Funhouse, that would be fantastic. I mean, we kind of have that with Journey to Imagination already, where you go through Figment's house. But if you make that like a full size Halloween, Halloween Figment, you know, that would be kind of cool. On that, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't have to be scary. He, yeah, he could be all dressed up, different figments in different rooms. I don't know. That could be kind of cool. I, I think I think if I had to pick one, I would do a Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween house. I think that would be kind of cool. Kind of fits yeah. the motif, kind of fits the Disney movie thing, and, and that'd be kind of cool. I'd, I'd love to hear in, in our comments on our you know on our podcast page uh, what people would like. To, if Disney had to build their own studio set, what movie would they want, and what they think would fit the Halloween scheme? I think that'd be pretty you know pretty cool. Um, Speaking of some other Disney news stuff that that's popped up while we were away in the last couple of weeks, we took a week off recording. Uh, D23 dropped. You know, there was a lot of news and information that came out from that. Cat uh, uh, did a, a recap show on that with Dave. If you haven't listened to that, then definitely give that a listen. It was great. Uh, there's some things that popped up there that really interested me that I kind of wanted to discuss. I didn't want it to kind of go by the wayside and not talk about it. And I kind of wanted to chat with you guys about it a little bit. And um, there was five really specific things to me that came out about with the Magic Kingdom that really struck a chord with me that I wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, one of the first things that I thought of, and I thought it's, it's long well overdue, and I think we've even mentioned it a couple times in the podcast before. Uh, I'm not going to say it was our own original idea, but Zootopia coming to Animal Kingdom. Are you guys a fan? Are you guys something that uh, you think this is well long overdue? Do you think that it's not fitting? Do you think maybe Jungle Book would have been better? But what's your feelings on Zootopia going to Animal Kingdom? Uh, well, I I love Zootopia. Uh, you know, love the movie. I know it's been rumored for a while. They they kind of mentioned it. 
either in the Rafiki's Planet Watch area, and then it was more the Dino Land area they were talking about it. And, you know, I think they are, aren't they coming out with a Zootopia Plus, like, show coming out on Disney Plus? Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense. You know, it, it, it's, it, you know, if there's a park out there that it would fit in, I would think it would fit in Animal Kingdom. Um, I know I read somewhere that Joe Rohde, you know, you know, you know, he was against it just because it kind of doesn't, he doesn't think it fits the motif of Animal Kingdom because it's, you know, it's, he had like a no pants rule. He doesn't want animals wearing pants except for the, you know, the, the main original characters. So he didn't think it fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, Joe Rohde's not there anymore. So maybe that's why they're pushing it. I don't know. But like I said, I, I think it'd be great. Uh, it would fit well. I know what you guys did a, a show a long time ago uh, where you had to like pick a park in a, I want to say a ride and you had to create your own and I and then you asked everyone else to do it. And I think I did a Zootopia ride, you know, because again, I think that would fit so well in Animal Kingdom. So I think it's good. I mean, the only problem I have is, you know, they really weren't really certain on exactness with, you know, how long is it going to be before it comes? Is it exactly coming for sure? It was just kind of a lot of speculation of what they were thinking of doing. Right. Joe, what about you? Do you, you like the idea of Zootopia being part of Animal Kingdom? So I go back with the whole Joe Rody thing where, uh, you know, I'm a big Joe Rody fan. I think what he's done with or what he did when he was with the company uh, was absolutely amazing. Everything from Animal Kingdom Lodge to Alani to Animal Kingdom itself. And, you know, that kind of like what Dan said, you know, that, that he didn't want any he didn't want, it, you know, IP essentially to take away from like, you know, the real animals that are really the stars of the show. However, we see that, you know, the company is changing direction. The parks are changing direction. He's no longer there. Um it definitely would fit in for the generation of kids that are growing up right now. I mean, Zootopia is what, like 20, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. It's not that old, right? It's been, mm -hmm. you know, it's not even been a decade yet. So it's still kind of new in, in, in this just younger generation's mold. And that would give them something when they went to Animal Kingdom, they would have some characters look forward to and stuff. Um, I think it would, if you're going to do it, that'd be a great place in the park to do it. It's very far away from like the Safari and from Pandora. So if you, it'd be kind of like it's a little fantasy land over to like the one side of the park. So if you're going to kind of do it, that'd be kind of maybe the place to do it. It's like you're sticking Zootopia right next to, you know, Kilimanjaro Safaris. I would have more of a problem with that. So where they're looking to do this, if it ever gets it done, and there's a lot of blue sky ideas out there, um, I think that this would be a the spot to do it. Um, Jungle Book, yeah, that would be kind of cool uh, as well. But I think uh, for this generation, I think Zootopia would probably be more of a popular uh, choice among uh, families, especially with younger kids. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I, I, you know, I've never been a fan of the whole Dino Land area. So really, you could tell me you were putting anything in that area, and I'd be happy to see it go. I know it has its place in the carnival kind of thing. You know, Dave's told the whole story about it before. Uh, I'm just not a fan of it. I don't like the whole carnival aspect. But that's just me. It's my own opinion, and um, I'd be happy to see that go and anything else go there. And we know that there's going to be some changes going there now that the uh, primeval world is gone. There's a big empty hole there, so we're definitely in need for some improvements to that area, and hopefully we'll get to see that, you know, come about pretty soon. Yeah. And uh, hey, and aren't they, aren't they building a Zootopia area in like Shanghai Disney too, mm -hmm. which is supposed to open? So, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it would kind of make sense. I mean, they, they've kind of been doing that lately where, you know, they've, they've had rides or lands in, in other parks and they brought them to Walt Disney World or vice versa. So, I mean, you know, it, it would make sense that this could actually happen. Yeah. No. And like I said, I, I could definitely... I, Theme-wise, I could see it fitting in there. I mean, I, I know Joe doesn't like that whole, you know, like you were saying, you know, the pants on the animals kind of thing. But then, you know, you have the Avatar Land, you know, and that's kind of 
right. that that whole fantasy land also you know so uh, I, I think it's I think it's a good fitting I think it's good for the to keep the park fresh and I think that it'll be fine and I think that'll still keep the integrity of the the nature element and with the conservation element and all of the other things that come in with the animals I don't think it's going to be too over the top cartoonish for that park I think it still holds its value when it comes to all of the other core nature values of what animal kingdom is supposed to be um one of the other things that I saw, I was very happy about because uh, I, I saw it on my last trip. I did it with the DDP family. We had a nice little spot over by the Germany, the Germany area. We got to watch it. And that was the uh, nighttime spectacular in Epcot. I tell you, I was not a fan. I know some people like it. Those big, huge you know, water screens that were out there. It was a great show, but I just I really miss Illuminations. And now they announced that there's going to be a new nighttime show in Epcot. What was your guys' feelings about the the last show, and do you think that it was a good idea to to replace it, even though it, this was kind of a temporary thing to begin with? So I definitely wasn't a fan of the new show, Mike. I love Illuminations more than anything. It gives me chills every time I, I uh, you know I watched it. I was there for the very last performance of it. Um, I think that the screens and the mess that's inside of World Showcase Lagoon is a, a big factor for people not liking the new show because a lot of people have said if you're not facing in a certain direction or in a certain place you're kind of missing out on some of the elements of the show um to me as well and i was there with you mike when we were there for our ddp family trip this summer um you know it's okay right but it's to me it's a lot of random ip into an epcot show and that i just don't like it, i wish they would have made it more epcot centric with the pavilions that are in epcot and the countries and you know just when i'm hearing lion king i said this before in a, in a previous show when i'm hearing lion king at epcot there's something not right about this there's just it just doesn't seem right it doesn't feel right um i've heard rumors that they might bring back epcot forever i don't know if that's true or not um i think a lot of people also maybe got excited because as well as they're thinking since Harmonious maybe or is going away, allegedly, that the barge is going to be going away. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they've spent a lot of money uh, and a lot of effort to build those and you know essentially anchor them to the bottom of the World, World Showcase Lagoon. So I hope that they go away because it ruins the aesthetic of World Showcase uh, Promenade. But I wouldn't doubt it if they're, they stay and they just incorporate some other show using those screens as well. But uh, we will see. I'm happy with the nighttime announcements uh, that were announced this week. I'm happy that they'll bring, be bringing back something else to Epcot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think this will be something we look back on five, ten years down the road and be like, wow, remember that show that lasted eight months, you know? <laughs> so uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think that, you know, I think there's a very small minority that really liked Harmonious. I think the majority of people didn't like it. Dan, what would you take on it? Uh, I'm I'm in the minority. <laughs> I, I liked Harmonious. I mean, we, I, I thought it was a good show. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of all those barges, but at the end of the day, I don't think those bar like Joe said, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They, those things don't look like they were cheap to, to be brought in. So I, I think that they're probably going to utilize them in some capacity for the new show. And, you know, I don't know. I Instead of spending all that money on a new show, when this one is, like Joe said, it's not even a year old, um... I would have rather them see do something else in Epcot. I know, like a couple years ago, they announced like Mary the Mary Poppins attractions over in the UK. I was kind of hoping maybe they would kind of bring that back and say, "Hey, we're 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 going to move forward with this" uh, or something like that. I, like I said, I mean, they they can change nighttime spectaculars on a fairly regular basis. I just thought it was a little soon to change it uh, because I thought Harmonious was at least good enough to last for maybe a couple of years. So, but say lovey. 
You know, I'm surprised. I was as I was watching during my trips coming to Disney, the barges going out there and being set up. I think maybe I was a little underwhelmed at the size and the scope of what the uh, the mechanics and the construction of those barges are. I mean, the show was good, but I feel like you could have gotten that effect with maybe less equipment out there. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not a you know a a water screen technician or anything to do with pyrotechnics. Uh, that's not my forte. Obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I just feel like that much stuff should put on be, be putting on a better show. Hopefully, that there's more technology or stuff that they can use those with to kind of maybe wow you a little bit. I felt like the it, it's a good show, but I felt like the wow factor wasn't there. And with the amount of time and money and stuff with those barges that they put out there, and for the sacrifice you get of the landscape being changed in the in the lagoon, I feel like there should have been more of a visual effect when it came to the show. So uh, hopefully that maybe they can incorporate some new technology into those barges or that the technology was there, they just haven't capitalized on it yet. And some of the new shows could really uh, use that to their benefit. You know, um, we've seen water screens before. I think the water screens have kind of come and go in a few places. I'm excited to see when Fantasmic comes back, what they're going to do with the water screens there. Um, I know the technology been changing a little bit. I remember for a while, and, and I haven't seen it on my last couple of trips, maybe just one of those things that just wasn't working and my timing wasn't right, but I remember going on Pirates, there would always be that water screen coming down, and it was Captain Barbosa, and it would be, you know, you'd be going through that little, you know, image of him in there, and the last couple of times that I've been on Pirates, I haven't seen that, so um, I, I felt like maybe with these barges, there should have been more of a better visual element but there to me there wasn't but um like i said i'm i'm uh, you know dan's in the in the minority of liking the show i wasn't i wasn't overwhelmed about it i was happy with the company that i got to see it in that was fantastic being there with our disney family but um i'm kind of glad to see that go and i'm certainly looking forward to uh doing it again when it becomes a new show if, if i was to go there in the near future i certainly wouldn't make it part of my nighttime plans to make it a, a must stop but uh, hopefully when the new show comes out it'll be a must stop for our family um, one other thing that I that I saw about it, I'm a fan of. Um, I actually have a mug from Trader Sam's when it comes out every year, and that's the Hatbox Ghost coming to the Magic Kingdom Haunted Mansion. Uh, it's a California staple. It's always been out there. It's been a very cool character and someone who's been part of the Haunted Mansion. Are any of you guys Hatbox Ghost fans? Do you jump on the bandwagon when it comes to finally bringing him to Magic Kingdom? Are you guys part of that whole, you know, uh, loyalty towards him? Yeah, you know what? I saw just recently, I think I saw it a couple of times because I saw it like when it first came out, but there is a behind the attraction show on Disney Plus and they went uh, and they talked about Haunted Mansion and they talked about the Hatbox Ghost, Hatbox Ghost and, you know, how it originally worked and once they got it into the attraction itself it didn't just because of the lighting and you know the whole the whole story behind it and the, and the imagineer who was able to get it to work so i mean it's a cool story if you haven't seen it you should definitely check out that show uh but i think it'll be cool to bring it actually to walt disney world here in orlando it again uh, you know am i pro hatbot ghost or you know, against him i don't know if i'm either or, or but i think it'll be cool to add this to the attraction uh because i'm sure everyone has at least heard of the hatbox ghost joe yeah, I definitely think it's a it's a cool character. I mean, if you look at me, just he's cool looking. I like the fact that it's something that Disneyland had for a very small amount, like Dan said, and then they had issues with it, and then they kind of got it back. And it's something that the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion hasn't had. And I feel like it's something that diehard Haunted Mansion fans have been screaming for years at the top of their lungs to get it here in Orlando, and now it's finally going to be coming. So I think it's really cool. Um, it's Haunted Mansion is a quintessential classic 
Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom attraction. It just makes it that much better. Um, it's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic attraction, like I said, and it's just going to make it even that one element incorporating that into the attraction is going to bring it make it that much more popular. And from a Disney side, the amount of merchandise that they will continue to sell with it with him on it, I mean, how they're not going to go wrong with that on there. So you know, it's funny because I, as much as I love the character. I almost kind of like not having him there. So it's kind of like if you go to California, it's something special to go see him. It doesn't become one of your everyday regular characters. Uh, I've always been a pro Hatbox Ghost guy. I like the character. I have some merchandise here with the Hatbox Ghost. Uh, I've never been able to go to Disneyland to see it in person. Um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. As much as I want to come see it and enjoy it when I'm on my regular vacations, I'd kind of like the idea of going to California for the first time and being able to see it out that way because it's kind of specific to that area. It's almost sometimes they should just preserve things the way they are and just leave it. Let let you know Disneyland have its own couple of things. Let Disney World have its own specific things and just keep it that way. But as far as they say, it's going to be coming to us, so I'm going to be glad to see it. Uh, something else is going to be coming to us that I know, and I'm so glad we can talk about it on this show because I know Dave wouldn't be happy about it and um it's you know meet and greets we know have come back recently you know in the last couple of months or you know the last uh, six six to nine months we've been able to you know hug characters meet characters one of those post-covid things and our fantastic character that's going to be coming to the epcot area is going to be figment so we're going to get a figment meet and greet again do you think when figment comes obviously we saw the whole craze with the figment popcorn buckets and how nuts it went with all of that um people were just going absolutely crazy for it do you think the meet and greet lines for figment are going to be that crazy in the beginning and continue to be crazy or do you think it's going to be one of those things that it's going to wear off and it's going to be like okay it's just another one of the meet and greets and the the novelty wears off for the younger generation well i mean Go ahead, Joe. Uh, I no, I, damn, just real quick. I, I personally, this is going to be a uh, a genie plus option. I mean, this is something that. Okay. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I don't do a lot of meet and greets anymore. Uh, I go nuts for like I go nuts for uh, uh, mm-hmm. the Seven Dwarfs. Whenever I can get a chance with Grumpy or anything like that, I love to do those. Whenever I do a Run Disney race, I look for specific ones that like aren't around anymore. Like there's a Roger Rabbit one that from back in the day I would jump on that. I always said Figment would be, you know, they had a Figment and Dreamfinder meet and greet years ago when you know Epcot Center opened. I, this is something that I would s- spend an hour or two in line for. I'm so glad that you know, we always say, does Disney listen to the fans? And a lot of times they do. Sometimes they don't. And we were very close to losing Figment years ago, like very, very close. And Disney's realized how popular he is. And I know Dave doesn't really like Figment, but it's almost like we've almost got too much Figment now, but you can never get too much Figment. He is that last little bit of Epcot Center that's still there. Um, it's my our generation. And uh, yeah, I definitely think this is something that will be extremely popular. I could see them putting this in Genie Plus. As like as a, as a, a comeback, you know, later a queue, virtual queue, it's gonna be that that it'll be that popular and it, it will die. It, the the popularity of that will be it'll be like a princess meet and greet, like like they had with Frozen years ago. It's gonna be that popular. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, I I'd even go a step further. I don't think they'll do it, but I think if they wanted to, I think they could make this an actual lightning lane that you have to pay for because I think people would pay to be able to go get that character meet and greet with Figment. Now, as, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, I'm going I'm to be hated for this, but I think I'm more Team Dave on this just because, and let me let me defend myself, like, 
I didn't start going to the parks until like 2015, 2016. So like figment has never been like really big with my family. Um, you know, there are plenty of other characters that we, you know, absolutely love to death, but figment was never one that was like a must-see for us or anything like that. So for me, like, will I go see figment when he's there? Absolutely. Uh, will I do it every time I'm there? And will I go nuts over it? If, if you know, if there's a two hour wait, am I going to wait in line for figment? Probably not. It's interesting. Now, what do you think the meet and greet's going to be? Do you think they're going to use that building where they're doing the Pixar shorts? Do you think they're going to have it somewhere near the ride? Are they going to build another area? If, if you had to have a setup for where the Figment meet and greet would be, where would you have it, Joe? I, I would agree. I would do it probably inside where the Pixar shorts is. Uh, I would utilize that theater somehow as a queue area, somewhere over there to to u utilize that. Or you know what, you could even do. There's so much empty space inside of Imagination that like you know the old Image Works, and they still have some of the some of the area in there that like there's still some things that I guess I guess still kind of work. But you could really clear out some of that and just make it a meet and greet in there. So actually, I would say that would be a better option. Be like would be uh, a separate entrance somewhere, but it would be inside Image Works where. Uh, you know, you could empty out some of that, those hands-on things that really aren't really that good anymore. They really need to be updated. You know, I was thinking too, do you think they missed the boat maybe on having that Pixar shorts building made into a restaurant and do a dining experience with Figment? That would be interesting. I, like I said, I, I think the best place for it would be by the ride. I mean, a, a, a character dining? I mean, heck, why not? I mean, people would go nuts over that. Um, I, I guess the only problem with that is in Epcot, there are so many good restaurants to eat at. Now you're going to throw another restaurant on there. I don't know how well that would work. Do you think... I don't know, man. With the with a, a figment character meet and greet dining, like... I could, I would definitely do that. You could serve some <laughs> crappy food and people would still go <laughs> and see it. So, I mean, and that would be one of them because, and like just to follow up on what Dan said before, Mike, um, it's a different generation. Like Dan went to the parks later on in life. You know, I went as a kid that figments was my childhood and I would go nuts over that. And even maybe I wouldn't wait two hours every time, but I would definitely do a dining experience or I would do like a lightning lane. Like there would be a, a bunch of times that I would actually go and experience that because I would go by and see that little dragon and be like, Oh my God, I gotta go see him. So uh, he's one of those characters that I do have a connection with. And um, I still have my original figment plush from like 1985 still. I mean, so it's, he's one of those characters I still have that connection with. So yeah, I mean, I would, I'd participate in some crazy things if it you know, involved Figment, that's for sure. You were saying, Dan, Epcot does have a lot of good restaurants, but you know, the, the character rest, the character meet and greets they have there, obviously they have, you know, they have the uh Akashores, which is the princess, which is fantastic. That fits its per fits its mold and its purpose over there, and that's great. Sure. That becomes a very good restaurant when you want to do uh, that. And then you also have Garden Grill, which you have, you know, the fab that you know the you know, the fab Mickey and you have Minnie and, and Chip and, and Dale are there also. But I mean if you had if you did that and you wanted to even get some of the newer generation in and maybe besides having just figures there maybe adding the inside out characters too because you know that's sure. kind of imagination and using your mind that can be another good you know uh bring in the younger kids too to maybe get them to know figment a little bit better and then you have the whole inside out 
and that fits in with that whole imagination and mind thing going over there in that area. But I think that's very cool. I'm glad to see that Thigman's staying around. Uh, he was a huge part of my childhood going with my parents to Epcot as a kid. So uh, I'm excited. I will be one of those people online. And if I have to pay for a uh, Lightning Lane Plus or one of those things, I will definitely do that to get my first <laughs> picture with Figment. That is definitely on my radar of things to do. And that was one of the things that I was most excited to hear about. Uh, the other thing that I was super, super excited to hear about and you know, again, I might be in the, the minority on this one, but I'm super happy that Happily Ever After is coming back. I was not crazy about the nighttime fireworks show at Magic Kingdom the last time that I went. I got to do both. Like I said, I got to do Epcot and I got to do Magic Kingdom. We were kind of a little underwhelmed for the 50th celebration when we got to see the fireworks spectacular. Um, I am so glad that Happily Ever After is coming back. Where are you guys on board with that? Do you think that they should have went to something newer uh, after this one? Or do you think that bringing back Happily Ever After was the way to go i mean i i love happily ever after i i'm really happy that they're bringing it back i didn't they say something about you know maybe changing up the, you know the the music and stuff or not the music but the the projections on the on the castle a little bit so maybe they could change up some things on there but uh, i know the the uh, one of the original singers i think his name is jordan fisher uh every once in a while i get kind of I don't know about you guys, but I go down a, like a rabbit hole on TikTok and, you know, I'll just start watching videos. And I know he posted something back in July, you know, about Happily Ever After, kind of hinting. He's like, you know, is Disney ever going to bring this back? You know, what's going on? You know, and over the last like two months, he's been making these little hints on 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 social media. And so, like I said, I we love Happily Ever After. I'm really excited it's coming back, whether it's exactly the same or they change it up a little bit. Uh, I'm all on board for it. Joe? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those shows that it it didn't run its course yet. It was still new. It still had so much life left in it. I, when they took away wishes, I've been on the record saying this. I was really, really sad, and I was like, "What's this happily ever after?" And then it just it grew on me. The song, you know, I joked about it. I you may catch me riding my motorcycle, rocking out to happily ever after on my motorcycle. It sounds a little cheesy, but you know, it's happened sometimes. Uh, I love it. To me, that is the quintessential song show uh dan i i agree i've heard, also heard that the projections might not be exactly what they were um when it happened they might change it up a little bit but we're gonna have that music we're gonna have you know i would love to be there with when jordan fisher and uh, angie keelhauer uh which i was sad to see she wasn't there as well uh, d23 singing but uh, i would love to see them actually perform that live um the first night that they bring it back that'd be absolutely amazing I know they've done that before in the past uh, but yeah, I'm super psyched about this coming back. I've been on the record stating that I missed Happily Ever After. Uh, so I I will now hang around in the parks for this show. I used to leave early because I wasn't really a fan of the current show and uh, in Disney Enchantment. But now when this is here, I'm going to hang around more for to see uh, Happily Ever After. I'm super excited it's back. And I really hope it stays around for a really long time. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm not happy with Enchantment, and I'm kind of glad that Happily After will be coming back. Um, you know, one thing that they didn't talk about was any kind of upgrades to the PhotoPass system. You know, the, the PhotoPass photographers, we've seen in the past that they were starting to move towards those electronic boxes, taking pictures of people, you know, and with character meet and greets or in certain picture spots. Um, so there was no no announcement on that, but I will announce if you're in the parks and you want to take pictures, you should put them on our Facebook page because we have an amazing DDP Facebook page, and it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that's Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's 
time for it's us time to for get us our picks, to get of, the our picks of the week. All right, fellas. My favorite time every week. Dan, what's your pick of the week? Uh, well, my pick of the week, I mean, to be honest with you, I wanted it, my pick of the week to be that picture that's uh, behind you right now. But <laughs> since that is not Disney related, we're going to stay away from that one. Uh, but my, my, my absolute pick of the week has to go to uh, my buddy Joe right over there across the way here on, on this Zoom for his picks over at Vero Beach for his anniversary trip. I have not been to Vero Beach myself yet. Um, we've been wanting to go for the last couple of years, and it just hasn't happened. And just looking at his picks makes me want to go that much more. So I, I definitely uh, want to visit this place in the next couple of years. But, uh, Joe, you are definitely my pick of the week this week. Very cool. And happy anniversary again. Joe, what's your pick of the week? Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that, man. It makes me, it puts a smile on my face here. Uh, and speaking of Vero Beach, I feel like this is a Vero Beach episode, but mine goes to a Brittany Dukes, who I actually did see down uh, at Vero Beach. We kind of ran into, into each other at the pool area, and she was down there with her husband and her family and her kids, and uh, she posts here, just uh, just got to Vero and never want to leave. Seriously, an amazing first impression, this place, and these cast members are so lovely. And it's a pics of her kids on the deck overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. Um, she's actually discovered how special Vero Beach is. The cast members are absolutely amazing. It's a different kind of cast member. A lot of them have been there for a really long time. They take pride in their resort. Super friendly. Um, just absolutely just an amazing experience of Vero Beach. I'm glad she's seeing what I've seen. Uh, Dan, I hope you get there one day with your family. And for that, Brittany gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to uh, Cammy Daffy. And it's and that's more of a it's a great picture, but it's also a little bit of a story that goes with it too. And it says, just arrived and checked into Sarasota Springs after a pre-sunrise flight. While waiting for our room, my family and I went to Artisan's Palette for some lunch and the first day here. So of course they got our two-year-old dude a little lollipop. Now, and that after five minutes that he that his lollipop fell, shattered all over the floor. Before he even picked him up off the floor, the cash member was already on the way to get him another lollipop. And you know we've talked so many times on how a little bit of Disney magic kind of makes your trip that much better. And that's just one of those things that, you know, Disney goes out of their way. They saw a situation. They saw, a, you know, a kid that was going to be, you know, crying and being upset. And they were already on the ball of taking care of it and trying to make your vacation a little bit special. And that's why we love our cast members. That's why we love the things they do for us. And that's what makes our Disney vacation so magical. So, Cammy, you have my pick of the week with a very cool little story for our cast members. And shout out to them for being such great ones. That's awesome. And uh, if you want to be part of our Disney uh, podcast community, the DDP uh, podcast family Facebook page, and you want to get your pictures you know, featured on here, maybe you get a pick of the week. You can find us on Facebook and all our other links. Uh, you know, we missed Justin this week. We missed uh, Dave. Dave's doing a little family vacation. And um, the one thing that I do want to bring up, because I'd be, I, I could not mention it, uh, you know, we've been doing the Give the Kids the World, the... Uh, you know, the uh, fundraiser to send the family to Disney, and you guys have been absolutely crushing it. The last I looked, I want to say we were over $6,000. Um, you know, our original goal was $5,000. we have now bumped that up to $10,000. Um, all the links will be under this podcast if you want to donate. It's an amazing cause. If you, if you don't know anything about Give Kids the World, look them up. There'll be links on our page. Check it all out. Um, we want to get that up to $10,000, send two families to Disney. You know, these are families that have been going through some hardships with sick kids and just, you know, they're, they're going through some really hard times and this is an opportunity for us to share that magic that we love so much with them going through some hard times and not have to worry about the travel expenses the money and all the other things that come along with the vacations that we know we love to do so um 
continue to crush it. We are we are beyond thankful to all of you people who have been you know contributing and sharing and talking about it and helping us get the word out there that we want to do this for a very special family and families. So if you can continue to share it, spread the word, and contribute if you can, we greatly greatly appreciate it. And um, I'm sure the families that are going to be getting to go are are going to enjoy it as well too. So thank you thank you so much for that. Uh, closing words, guys. Anything else? Any guys anything more to talk about? Dan? No, I got nothing. I, I, like I said, I just appreciate the invite here to, to spend time with you guys. I guess uh, you and I kind of have sabotaged Justin uh, by uh, allegedly getting him <laughs> sick, by making him a little too cold, and maybe all the rain mixed in with that uh, has, has, uh, has sent him uh, into the you know the chicken soup world and, and under the covers. But, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy being here with you guys. Had a great time tonight and look forward to the next one. Yeah, Justin is the most sensitive one out of all of us. If everyone's going to get sick or a little bit of a cold from a little bit of rain, it would definitely be him. Uh, <laughs> Joe, closing words? Yeah, I think Justin uh, tracks the rain. Every time I go on some kind of special yeah. trip with him, it rains. But but I will say this. I always have a blast with him and all of you guys. It was a lot of fun this past week at Universal Studios. Uh, had a great time in Vero. Had a great time discussing our topics tonight, Mike. Uh just want to confirm, I did talk with Matt Zurich, who's uh, involved with our DDP uh, running team, and we are over $6,000 for Give Kids the World, and for you guys that don't know it, they really are an amazing uh, charity. I've been there for their Halloween uh, nightlight spectacular over Christmas, and they do so much with the donations that they get there, and they do such good things for the families that go to visit there. So we are really attached to a fantastic cause here, so I'm really excited about how how if we could send two families, that's absolutely amazing. So super excited about that. And uh, yeah, another great show. Dan, love having you on the show here as well. Looking forward to your Universal Unleashed show coming up. And uh, Patreon, stand by. You guys are up next. Very cool. I had a great time recording with you guys. I had an even better time seeing you the last couple of days. And to all of our DDP family, have a fantastic night. Have a good night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the one.